It's the going on podcast with Ram Critic Muse. Holy moly, it's the big homies, RC and Muse, what? back again. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? Snoop Dogg did a theme song remix for uh, Cody Rhodes who just put in his thing that he would be leaving AEW this week. Not exactly a topic for us to discuss, but it happened this week, so it's bound to be mentioned at least. He had a theme song by the, uh, I guess, hard rock band Downstate, but there was a remix for a short period of time because Snoop Dogg came in to AEW, and he was there for a couple weeks, and he did possibly the worst splash off a top rope onto a wrestler you've ever seen. The first verse goes, holy moly, walking up in this slowly. It's the one and only, yep, the big homie. <laughs> oh, man, you said it best when you said that, like, Snoop Dogg is the best worst rapper. <laughs> he really, holy moly. <laughs> only he could tell holy that. Holy moly. But it, as soon as you hear it, though, it's the you big think, like, homie. only he could do that with the, with the, yeah. the coolness of his, like, Chill as a caterpillar, like boys, you know. Holy moly, it's the big homie. Like no, it other works rapper. for him. Yeah, he he sneaks into the beat, you know, like yeah. it, with his voice, you know, like it couldn't work for anyone else. Yeah, but... you can't. Doctor Dre can't be like, holy moly, it's the, you know, no, <laughs> you know, Eminem definitely could not. <laughs> holy moly, it's the big. Eminem would be blasted if he ever said a holy moly. I know I would anyway. I would never let him live it down. But talking about Snoop, because the Grammys have been indefinitely preempted this year, I guess you could say the Super Bowl halftime show, music's biggest night, RC. Oh. And the stars are out Wait, tonight. I thought you were. I thought you were gonna do it by like you know, uh, cleverly, very uh, blatantly omitting the word Super Bowl because can't we not say Super Bowl or some shit? You have to be the big game. <laughs> the big game. It's the rap critic and muse. Big game, spectacular. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it already happened. But <laughs> something I did find out just yesterday inadvertently. Um. Everyone knows the NFL, but the, only the truest, hardcorest, fanciest, pantsiest football fans are aware of the XFL and its strong lineage. I was looking up what their equivalent of the big game was called. Because I was curious as to who the season winner was in uh, 2001. And eventually they called it the million dollar... The million dollar championship game. As soon as they said, started saying that, I was like, that's not going to catch on. That doesn't... The million dollar... <laughs> I'll, I'll do you one better here in a second. But what's great about the million dollar championship game the is that... <laughs> the million dollars are awarded to the winning team, and it's split between the what? players. There's at least like 10 players on any team. <laughs> there are 38 players on an, on an XFL team, which means... The winners from the Los Angeles Extreme walked away with a cold $26,000 each. They might as well just get a job flipping burgers. <laughs> Not playing in the XFL who prided themselves on being harder hitting. <laughs> uh, harder hitting like, than your checkbook. <laughs> yeah. 
like way more life threatening and oh. injury prone. Oh, what, what, what was this fucking football on trampolines and shit? Where it's like you. Got... <laughs> oh, you're thinking of um. Oh God, what Wasn't was that called? The basketball. Yeah, I remember watching that. Shit. Wasn't it on a man TV or or, or dude? It was TV? on Spike or Spike something. Spike TV, yeah. Oh, the first television channel for dudes aged specifically uh, between 14 and 17. But what I was gonna mention was the original name for the big game at the end of the season. What? The game at the end of the season. Oh, wow. They really they really kept the writers up that night, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But this year, <laughs> NFL, hip-hop on the world's That's grandest right. stage. Look at that. And, man, coming out, representing, we've got top... Top names. The West Coast is out. Yes, absolutely. And the Midwest is represented also oh, with yeah. the with the token white rapper. <laughs> we'll get to him. <laughs> we got Dr. Dre, we got Snoop Dogg, we got Mary J. Blige, we got Fitty Cent, and we got Kendrick. Mm. This was phenomenal. Throwing a big ass W up over the fucking Super Bowl event. <laughs> This is definitely, at the very least, before we even talk about the performance, the most interesting setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way it the started actual with, stage. like... Yeah, because I was trying to figure out, it's like, wait, is this the pre, a pre-programmed part? And they're like, oh, this is happening right now. <laughs> when it was showing that video of Dr. Dre, and he, like, had the, like, skyline in his hand. Yeah. And whatever. Like, <laughs> fucking Thanos. Like, oh, what's this? <laughs> the city is mine. <laughs> the city, I got the city in my palm. <laughs> and then it transitioned to him, like, behind the production desk. Yeah. And it was raising. And that at that moment, I didn't realize that that was live. Yeah. I thought that was still part of the video. It was like when you're playing a video game and you don't realize when the cutscene is over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the graphics are like, Oh, fuck, like, I'm playing. Uh, yeah. Oh, did you notice that one thing where he kept, like, trying to lift up the right, like, flap of his uh, jacket? Did you notice that? <laughs> no. It was the one oh, thing no. that, that kept throwing me off that kept, like, that was the first clue that hinted to me that this was live. Because my brain kept going, like, wait, why is he doing it like that? Because I thought he was doing it like, you know, that's sort of like a, a maestro with the chair, like, you know, flapping up his thing. But he kept like, or either I thought he was either trying to like flap it up like that or he was trying to like pull out a cell phone and maybe he was going to be like, you know, coming in, oh. you know, come in, uh, you know, Interscope crew, you know, some shit like that. But no, he just kind of kept like trying to do it and then he just kind of like stopped. And I was like, what, what was that? <laughs> we start off with... Dr. Dre and Snoop. That's right. Snoop Dogg looking fucking no older than 1999 at the oldest. <laughs> Dre was looking phenomenal, too. Yeah. I got to give it up to everybody. Everybody looked really good. Everyone was very well conditioned. <laughs> when fucking Dre calls out, I don't know how far apart they were because they were on like opposite sides of this gigantic set. But the way it cut between them made it look like they were way closer. When Dre first calls out, it reminded me of the Paul Rudd. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Their fucking smile like, can you fucking believe right, that we're performing this song at the fucking Super Bowl? What are we even fucking doing here? <laughs> Three decades deep. <laughs> I did want to point out that it was pretty fucking cool that the, the city, like, 
I mean, uh, the the map that they use like is the city of Compton, and so like, yeah, like like giant rug. Yeah, and they have like uh, uh huge like spaces uh, like um huge like white uh sort of that look like huge Barbie doll sets actually that are like you know homages oh. like don't they look like you know avant-garde barbie doll sets you know because someone actually made a meme yeah. where they put like snoop dogg and dr dre and Eminem in there and uh oh there was another one that someone made where it was like uh snoop dogg's uh you know cost uh like outfit looked like a uh, uh, uh the magic carpet from aladdin that was another good meme <laughs> oh shit no i didn't see that but yeah it was pretty cool you know they're just like you know um the set is all of these references to you know things around you know Compton and adjacent, you know what I'm saying? So I thought that was really fucking cool, just like as you're looking at it, like, oh, hey, that's a specific thing. Like, you know, like that's calling to something, yeah. Snoop walks down the staircase as he's rapping and he's walking through these different set pieces and shout out to the three fat cheerleaders they actually featured. I saw people calling them out and just being like, hey, fucking look at that shit. That's dope. Yeah, like it's no big deal, yeah. They're on screen for like a second, though. It's like, you, like you see them in the background of shots, but yeah. they are not featured very uh, prevalently. Then you get to the room where Snoop is standing in front of these like three picture frames. Oh yeah, one. It, it, it was that him and his mom in the one. Uh, I, the one I mainly remember is the one with Snoop Dogg where in the uh, "What's My Name" video where he's slowly morphing into the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that so much. I was showing Neb that because I, I loved that shot and I loved that that was there. Just like that's hanging up on the wall, like like it's just happening in real time. Yeah, like you know that's purposeful. Yeah, like I pulled it up. I just searched Snoop Doberman, and it was the first <laughs> video. It was like a five second thing. It was a loop of it, and the top comment made me laugh so hard. It was just someone saying, "How did he do that?" <laughs> 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 don't fucking ask him how he does it. You don't ask a bird how it flies or a fish how it swims. Oh, and then 50 Cent shows up upside down, like, in the uh, in the club video, you know. Oh, and they, like, kind of point everyone down, like, because the camera goes down as they're, like, bowing. They're like, yeah, and then it's like, oh, That shit. was cool. Yeah, that was cool. It, because they do that later for Mary, too. Like, mm. like uh, I think, like, 50, like, looks up, like, who's up there now? Uh, yeah, yeah. So he does in the club. Which, I mean, all right. All right. <laughs> then Mary... I, I was never the biggest 50 yeah, fan, no. so I was like... Did you notice, by the way, at the end of the performance, it has, like, the image, and it's like, the, it's like hey, here, here are your performers, and they didn't put 50 in there. Wait, when? At the very end of it, it's very, like... I guess because he was so, like, you know, in such a small part, like... Because he only really had I mean, one song. I mean, he did so much of that song... I imagine if anyone was going to be the surprise, it would be Eminem. Yeah, yeah. The set fucking exploded to reveal that was him. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Before, yeah, before him, we can't skip over Mary. Yeah, yeah. Mary J. Blige, who was fucking incredible. I think she was she the only yeah. singer really represented because she's like the hip hop singer, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she was, and it was from like that same like. 2000s time yes, period it too. Was it was the time when Dr. Dre was producing for her. Because those were the... Yeah, uh, okay. Uh, uh, let's get it, crook up on the... Da, 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 mm -hmm. In this dancery. <laughs> In this yeah. dancery. Uh, only if you're like that, like, 
you know, cool and well-respected as she is as the fucking hip-hop auntie, especially as it's been as established now. <laughs> like, can you just make up a word fucking dancery? And Snoop's up there saying, holy moly, it's the big <laughs> homie. But yeah, uh, she's so incredible. I just want to just, like, just sing her praises just for an extra second, just because it's like, you just hear her singing, and she's so, like in control of her voice and the and the um you know the fucking legato of the line and the fucking um uh, uh the vibrato of the shit like you can hear just how good she is and how in control she is and still is having fun and being a personality up there it was like really fucking cool it was one of those things where you're like wait 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 more more i want to go to mary j Blige showdown you know like what was the other song that she did no more drama oh one of the songs i used to fucking love back in the day that music video was so like Oh man, it was the height of like, this isn't a music video, this is real, you know, like. <laughs> the sound was really good. Did you notice that? Like, I feel like I we, we, we've we been talking about a lot of, uh you know, live shows recently. And I feel like we've had that complaint where it's just like, just be like, what the fuck is going on here? I think it was last year at the Grammy because we talked about it with Tyler, the creator's uh, performance, where it's just like, I can't fucking hear this as well. What the fuck is going on? Like, mic these people. Are you not the professionals? But this actually sounded like they put in the fucking big bucks to make it sound like, oh yeah, we could have sold these songs, these versions on Spotify the next day or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? Like, it sounded really good. Cause her, her she's a little bit, um, I think maybe like, not under voice, but like maybe singing it like, uh, maybe like a fifth down, but she's still very strong in it. Just, you know, probably just cause like, you know, this performance, it's fucking winter time. You know what I mean? Outside. They're using that Dre audio. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> After that is- Kendrick. Oh, oh, she falls out. I love the way she fucking falls out. <laughs> Oh yeah, she like takes a fucking bump onto her back. Yeah, awesome. what the fuck? Oh, and then Kendrick shows up and it's like these boxes where you can't really tell like what's in it because it's slowly zooming in. Because you go from like the blinding whiteness of where Mary J. Blige is on the stage. Yeah. To just like the darkness of this part. And like, you're, you know, looking around trying to see like, what you know, what, it, oh, it looks like little houses all around. And then you're like, Wait, what are these boxes? What's sticking out of them? And then, it, you know, it has that thing where it's like, a bunch of dudes rising up, specifically with blonde hair. <laughs> the boxes say Dre Day on them, and they all have Dre Day sashes. Yeah. On. But I'm like, what is the what is the Guy Fieri hair about? <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, Kendrick Lamar comes out singing his censored version of uh, uh what is it? Good either Good Kid or Mad City. Man down. Where you from? Where you know where you from? <laughs> like, this is That's a, uh, where your grandmama stay, huh? It was pointed out that because from there, uh, Kendrick goes into All Right, which, first of all, I'm just surprised he did All Right because that is such a heated track. We don't get the hate popo, unfortunately. Oh um, my god, yeah, the way that was. Here we go. <laughs> just left hanging out there. It's like we blindly hate you guys. <laughs> we do get a um Still from Dre yeah. later. <laughs> so it's like, all right, maybe they slipped that past him. I don't know. Oh, was that was that another one of those things? They're like, hey, uh, performers, don't do this. And then they did it anyway, and then they, the NFL people were like, oh shit, they did it. Well, goddamn it, well, we were fine with it the whole time. Uh, Kendrick, with this really cool transition to the sample of Eminem on Forgot About Dre oh, man. before the side of the fucking set just explodes yeah. uh, and Eminem is standing there. And he does, of course, his biggest fucking hit, I would imagine. 
the song for all the gym rats out there. Like, and uh, that song is evergreen. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, as soon as it came out, I was just like, I went back to being like fucking 11 years old again with the fucking. I remember my mom calling me into the room, into the back room where the computer was for the fucking trailer for the new Eight Mile movie with Eminem. And I'm like, oh, oh shit, and there's a music video. What? And we all watch it. You better lose yourself with the. Oh man, holy shit, man. It brought me back. I could I can't lie to you. <laughs> See, I'm still on team. It's never been my big, my favorite. It's the respectable hit. You're n- he's not going to play, you know, role model, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever you say I am, he's going to be just falling oh, no. from that exploding building. Because I saw someone tweet, man, can you believe it? Hip hop at the Super Bowl. And they were like, didn't the Black Eyed Peas do a halftime show? Maybe and I was like, count. that don't count. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Especially half electro, half fucking pop, and that killed uh, the Black Eyed Peas almost. Yeah, like, I remember. It was yeah. one of the worst performances, and they were so like they, they want to forget about it, so they don't want anybody reminding anybody about that shit ever fucking happened. Um, yeah, I can't think. I know they've had rappers at the show since they had Kid Rock. Yeah. When was it? Was that the two thousand one one where like everybody was fucking there? Uh, I think it was a little after that because I think it was like. Britney Spears, In Sync, Aerosmith, yeah. and I remember somebody uh, brought up that uh, t- going into the history of it that it was like Michael Jackson that actually made like the Super Bowl like a thing that, that anyone even cared about. With like, have you watched that recently? What Michael Jackson? The movie? Michael Jackson Super Bowl halftime show? No, I haven't. Why does it not hold up? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's okay, but the beginning of it is the best part. There's these screens on the corners of the stadium, like at the very top of the stadium. So it's in the fucking sky. And you see Michael Jackson is on the screen and he does his like kick out dance move. And then he like puts his arms to his side and he shoots upward and he pops out of the screen. And now he's on top of the screen and he dances a little bit. And then the camera pans over to the other side of the stadium. And there's Michael Jackson, again, on that screen now. And he does a little dance move. And then he pops out of the screen, and he's dancing on top of that screen. And then the camera goes back to the middle of the field. And there's just a stage. And the performers are sitting there. And this puff of smoke comes out of the, uh, the, the middle of the stage. And Michael Jackson jumps out of the fucking stage, and he just stands there like, what? Wait, th- yeah, I'm everywhere. There, there, I'm everywhere at once. I, there's three of there's me, three, and I'm just gonna... S- what in the world? Wait, at the same time? What's going on? <laughs> and he just stands there. Seriously, for like two minutes. He just stands there like the fucking history statue, staring. Not doing anything, just knows looking off. the fucking audience is still fucking marking out. The crowd out. <laughs> is going apeshit! You kidding me? He's like the rock in 99. He doesn't even need to say anything. <laughs> and the crowd are losing their minds. Just cut that, just cut that figure, you know? Just <laughs> of course, because it is around that time, you have to have the, the fucking, like like this year's Super Bowl, where when Eminem does lose yourself and all the people fucking rush the stage. And Michael Jackson's one, unfortunately, a bunch of kids rush the stage. Because, uh, you know. Yeah. And they're just screaming... And he's just standing there, and he's just looking with the sunglasses, and he ain't doing shit. And that this this one guitar player who was like the main guitarist for like Bad and Dangerous, the big fuck white hair, she's shredding for a few seconds, 
And then it goes into Billie Jean, and he throws his hat, and he kicks his leg out, and the fucking crowd erupts. Um, after that, though, he does, like, heal the world, and it's like, eh. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> but... It's still 90s, you know? It's still 93. Like, oh, everyone get up uh, a, a, a colored plate, and we're gonna turn it around, and it's gonna reveal something nice, and we're gonna light on things. <sighs> Yeah, it's not the best set list. It's not what I would have went with. Sure, but early nineties. Oh my god, I just saw the. I, I just decided to look and check the uh, thing, and it is it, it just as incredible as my co-host Muse uh, had uh, had talked about. It's such a spectacle, holy! And that's the first time, like and the way he pops up, like fucking Spider Man. Boom! God damn! It's so cool. <laughs> What the fuck? Uh, but I just saw like you know right to the to the right of him after the pop up in it zooms in and you see this one like guitar player and it's like it looks so early nineties the fucking puffed up white hair that he has. The oh fucking, fuck yeah, uh, she's just shredding. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? Like it looks like it looks like fucking a um, bride of fucking Frankenstein fake stuff is like holding up the hair or something like that. It's still hold over eighties yeah, for like, sure. Oh my lord! Like yeah, we are definitely in the early part of the 90s yeah like hair metal is still holding on <laughs> so it was a, so it starts with uh jam mm, oh okay from, see that's that's what from I, dangerous that's what i was like in this 93 so yeah that's what, around the time he put out the music video with the i remember that being iconic because oh the two mjs they're hanging out they're talking to, ah. <laughs> and so and, and now they're on the screens yeah it ain't too hard for them to jam it goes from jam to billy jean to black or white, then uh, we are the world children's choir, mm. and then he ends with uh, heal the world. Oh wow, back to back, eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it does say though, um, after su- after the last Super Bowl, where a special episode of In Living Color um, by future NFL broadcaster Fox uh, aired during the halftime show, um, they followed it up the the next year. With the Michael Jackson performance, did you ever hear about that? That um, the it was uh the Men on Film did a skit about football and like I don't know who got mad at it, but they were just like, we don't want that gay shit. Wow, <laughs> isn't that so funny? It's like it's it had else- them in like the half. Like oh, the sure. like, and, like and belly shirt uh, jerseys. Yeah, with, with the the football hats because you know they had the little hats. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Sideways hats. Yes. Yeah. And, and, if it wasn't for that, we might not have got the Michael Jackson performance. It says what after the In Living Color broadcast during the Super Bowl is that it attracted viewers away from the Super Bowl telecast, with viewership falling by twenty two percent over halftime. The NFL began the process of heightening the profile of the halftime show in an effort to attract main, uh, mainstream viewers. Wait, wait, wait. Are you telling me that In Living Color is the reason why Michael Jackson went on to the uh, uh, Super Bowl? Indirectly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy if, it, if, it was, if In Living Color didn't have such great fuck ratings. <laughs> because up, to, up until that point, the fucking thing was like, Marching bands and that's like, what someone had brought up. Yeah, because uh, it's like it, boring shit. I think The Simpsons had brought up like um, oh, I was listening to a podcast yeah, about, up with people. Yeah, hooray for everyone or some dumb shit like that. <laughs> yeah, it's and when all you look very into it, it's actually corny. like a weird cult or something. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely seemed like it. Yeah, 
Like you could, so you could tell like the fucking budget for the entertainment. They were just going for like, uh, whatever, just something. And they didn't think anyone would care. And like, whatever, here's a group. They'll do it for the cheap. Cause they're trying to spread their fucking <laughs> message. <laughs> the previous halftime show that has its own Wikipedia article was in 1989. It was entitled Bebop Bamboozled in 3D. <laughs> Featured a 1950s theme. An Elvis impersonator. 3D effects and a magic trick in front of like a stadium of like millions of people like two miles away. Oh my. Okay. Holy shit. This is worse when they fucking spell it out. The show began with a pre-taped introduction by Bob Costas followed by a 3D Diet Coke commercial. Okay. Oh lord. I want to see the fucking stupid ass fucking uh, uh, PlayStation character. Who's that fucking PlayStation character who was supposed to be the, the spokesman? Crash Bandicoot. Looks, no, no, no. The purple face guy that looks awful that they tried to make as the final boss in uh, in uh, the Super uh, PlayStation All-Star game that flopped because they were trying to make it like Super Smash Brothers like two decades too late. Then it says, the show began with Elvis Presto. Oh, my Lord. And Elvis Presley impersonator. Wait, the it, performer... Is it an Elvis Presley impersonator who is also a magician? Is that what's happening? Um, yes. Oh, Lord. The performance's MC appearing from inside a jukebox. Various songs were performed. They're not listed. <laughs> Among the stunts in the show was the appearance of dancers defying gravity by leaning horizontally against parking meters, RC. Wow. Really bending the imagination. 3D visual graphics were incorporated into the broadcast. Finally, a card trick. A card trick! Ah! Presto. <laughs> Presto. Can I get over the audience? Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> this, this gets better. This sentence gets better as it goes. Presto urged the stadium audience... No. To pick one of four cards. Stop it. And an applause meter <laughs> indicated which card the audience had chosen. That is the stupidest waste of technology. <laughs> Various outlets have retrospectively ranked the show amongst uh, the worst uh, halftime performances. No doubt. But yeah, it goes from 89 to 93. And then it goes from 93 to 96. So did nothing happen between 93 and 96? It might have just been just like a band, like, you know. Because from there, it went from Michael Jackson in 93 to Diana Ross in 96. Oh, So that's yeah, pretty yeah. dope. I would be remiss to not talk about the 1997 one because this is incredible. The show was titled Blues Brothers Bash. Go get out of here. And featured... Actors Dan Aykroyd, John Goodman, and Jim Belushi as the Blues Brothers. The show highlighted blues music, but also had performances by ZZ Top and James Brown. Hey guys, come on, see Blues Brothers 2000. We're still in production, but... Yeah, we'll be out for another three years, but trust us on this one. And then the next one was Boys to Men, Smokey Robinson, Queen Latifah, Martha Reeves, and The Temptations, in a tribute to Motown's 40th anniversary. That sounds dope. I was originally trying to look up when when Kid Rock. That's what made me look this up. Uh, 
Because you said fucking... I think, I, I'm throwing for 2006. 2006? Yeah. That's way I, too late. Of course, because it's the Super Bowl. Of course it's way too late. 2001 was Aerosmith, NSYNC, Mary J. Blige, uh, Britney Spears, Nelly. Okay, so that's pretty stacked. Um, next year was U2. That's when they did the fucking... Uh, 9-11 in memoriam. Shania Twain, No Doubt, and Sting were 2003. Okay. Uh, Janet Jackson, oh, that's right. Uh, oh. Oh, okay. hey, uh, I'm doing a, I'm doing a black creator, uh, the content creator, whatever, spotlight thing, <laughs> whatever, I'm, like, dismissing it as I'm saying it, but, uh, no, uh, black content creator spotlight where I, like, uh, you know, promote, uh, you know, black videos for, uh, you know, February and yeah, someone had recently. Calvin Michaels uh, did a video on the Janet Jackson whole debacle that you guys should definitely check out, uh, where they dip into the intricacies of that whole situation. So here are all the performers that were on that halftime show: mm. Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake, yeah, P Diddy, <laughs> Nelly again. Oh wow! Cooper There's your boy Kid Rock. Wow, this was 2004. <laughs> was 2000, yeah. And pulling up the rear, Jessica Simpson. <laughs> Everybody was there. Who fucking didn't perform? Holy shit. What, was the nipple thing the last thing that happened? Or was it like, oh shit, that happened? It, and then <sighs> let's uh, smash cut to Jessica Simpson singing, uh, I'm glad that I can be me with you. <laughs> the performance was preceded by a video montage encouraging people to vote. Uh, including Beyonce, Tony Hawk, Jennifer Lopez, Elijah Wood, Chris Rock, Julia Roberts, Muhammad Ali, Jay-Z, and Tom Cruise. I think I remember that. I was just thinking of, like, I thought you said after, so I just love the idea of, like, oh, no. I it by the end of this song. Oh my god, go to commercial. Go vote, everyone. <laughs> you gotta vote. Ah. Um... You let your opinion be heard. You gotta make a choice. Because if you don't vote, I'll, I'll, you won't have a fucking voice. <laughs> There's something. After I slit your throat, you won't have a fucking voice. Yeah, that's what I'm Oh! <laughs> uh, then Janet opens it up with All For You. Ah, classic. And then a whole bunch of bullshit. Fucking. Yeah, sure. You got Ba With A Ba and Cowboy. Oh, wow. Which is sick. Wearing an American flag poncho. Yep. Holy shit, Kid Rock. You know that's like... Right? All these... Uh, not supposed to be done or some shit? You're yeah. not supposed to wear the flag as a garment? Anyway. Yeah, it's not like patriotic or something. Uh, Janet then took the stage uh, performing Rhythm Nation. Uh, then everything went to shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know the rest of the story. And now you know the other... <laughs> oh my! Kid Rock received criticism from veterans of foreign wars and Senator mm. Zell Miller for wearing the American yeah. flag as a poncho. Yeah, it, Holy shit! I was joking. Yeah, like <laughs> I was just being facetious. I'm glad they actually called us that. That's hilarious. Like it, it, it's about as much of like a bad thing as like I don't know burning the American flag, I guess. But like if you as Kid Rock are going to be a person who's like all of, all about America, it's like. Yeah, that would not be respecting it because it's rubbing up against your fucking, you know, asshole and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to randomly bring up Eminem, you know, doing the fucking thing. Oh, yeah. yeah of course he, he does the... Oh, we didn't talk about him kneeling. Yeah, yeah, and kneeling. But then just, you look to the right. Fucking Anderson Pac was playing the fucking drums the whole time. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Oh, my God, I didn't even forget. I forgot to mention Anderson. Yeah, he was having the fucking time of his life. He was going nuts <laughs> over there. I'm just having to be part of the moment. <laughs> 
There was so much shit. I don't know who any of the other backing performers were, unfortunately, uh. but I was just happy to see Anderson there getting his fucking time to shine. Yeah, Eminem kneeled. Apparently, he was told not to, and he did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's probably one of the coolest things he could have done because yeah, exactly. I think anybody else would have gotten in some serious trouble, but exactly. because he's the one white guy, he can get away with it. Tactically using his whiteness, you know, like you gotta. You that gotta give is up for using that, you know? your white privilege in a creative way, for sure. Oh my god, I just saw one last thing where I was just looking at the uh, at the very end where they're all like, uh, you know, bowing and like standing there. Like, and Eminem, I think he's, like, exceptionally kind of, like, tall, right? And yeah. Kendrick Lamar is, like, kind of short. But, like, and I think he's a little bit further back on the, on the stage, but he just looks, like, really short <laughs> as I looked at it. Oh, like, no. I just noticed in the moment, I was just like, oh, man, this placement looks awkward. <laughs> and meanwhile, fucking 50 gets left out of the graphic. You'd think it would be Kendrick because he's just so small. <laughs> like, no, I was there. They just, they didn't focus the camera. They didn't. Zoom out the camera wide enough for it to get me. Super Bowl halftime show? I was in the back. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Where was Bizarre? Uh, he was in the back. Next year. Get him on next year's Bizarre. We need all oh, D12. Lord. <laughs> Let me anyway. do a fucking skit that's not funny about how he <laughs> dog farts or something like that. I bet you make bacon so the grease will pop you. How <laughs> <laughs> did you get that one? I bet you adopt dogs just so you could feed them three times a day. <laughs> I bet you breed hound dogs. <laughs> Where'd you get that one? Where'd you get that? Fucking, where'd you get that one? <laughs> Tomorrow's next next big inspiration. <laughs> He's, all right, I'm gonna go back to sleep and then dream about the next thing. Sadie, it's all I do. It's been life. it's been years <laughs> since we fucking reviewed the goddamn bizarre <laughs> album. That fucking like, skit. just joining us. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> this skit will live with me forever. <laughs> Fat father. <laughs> Please look up Fat Father from Bazaar's <laughs> Handicap Circus skit. Oh my god. It's it's so pointless. I mean the whole album is the whole album is so worthless, but that skit in particular is like, what the fuck is this doing here? So this week on going off, we got two album requests. You know the deal. And we're gonna start with Sinner Get Ready, requested by Wrist of Kings. So we're not going to harp on it too, too much here, but I feel like we need to go inside baseball here. Um, a few weeks, months ago, we uh, we got a request. Well, we got the request a really long time ago by uh, from Wrist of Kings for the Daughters uh, album. And in that time since we got the request, Lingua issued a very lengthy statement with accusations of very grisly abuse details from the uh, vocalist from Daughters. Riss of Kings thought it made sense to have us review her newest album. I guess her dealing with those emotions and the trauma here as a way of, um, I guess as a make good 
for having us review the Daughters album. Because the comments were like, you know, really love this album. I'm also really glad you made the warning about that. Because I, I didn't even know about that until after we recorded the episode. There's a lot of uh, religious illusions and, um, and didn't that imagery with, there. Like, at least two other albums we've listened to recently. <laughs> were there? Yeah, because it was the the one with the the two uh, the picture of the couple from the seventies that we listened to. Uh, oh, Sufjan Stevens. Yeah, it was like that's right. Yeah, there that was, was a lot of religion on that one. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, how... Fucking Carrie and Lowell. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, how big is our donating audience in terms of like Christian representation here? This is interesting. <laughs> And then it's not exactly spiritual people. It's just the music is. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's what I can appreciate, right? When it's like really trying to engage with, you know, real emotion, right? Like, it, that, that's what I can really dig from that. I mean, uh, you know, uh, going back, I feel like that's what it really was. Like, all the way back, back, back in the days with, like, classical composers and shit, where it's just like, you know, a lot of motherfuckers, they were making music because they were getting paid by the church, not because, you know, like, uh, they, they really, really wanted to spread the word of Christ or whatever in oh, their music, right. you know? But it's like, hey, as long as I'm here, I'm going to be an artist about this shit and really imbue this with, you know, text painting that really, you know, makes you feel like the, the art of what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? And, like, really, oh, man, I used to have a um, conductor teacher who basically, like, helped me appreciate, you know, uh, music of, uh, of shit like oratorio and stuff like that. And, you know, how the, how the music was, like, trying to take you on that visual journey of what was going on through the text and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just like, yeah, there's uh, the artistry on every level. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, uh, you know someone who's a Christian or, or, or even, like, you know, they can be someone who's like, I'm just, you know, troubling, questioning my faith, but... You know, this ain't some shit you'd hear on the radio station. This is shit I would fucking love to hear on Christian radio station. <laughs> oh, God. And, well, it's funny because... Like, there are some lyrics of... that are like that, but, you know, you can kind of... Oh, for sure. <laughs> I watched Fantano's interview with Lingua to get some, some background on this because I was curious about the, uh, the assault allegations and I wanted more information on that, but I was also curious about the religious... Um, references it and was all of this dawning on me where i'm just like wait like by the time you get to like track three or four when you're hearing like like you know like you're hearing curse words where it's just like kill him you know fuck him up and all this sort of shit but then it's also specifically about like a crucifixion and, shit, and you're like what's going on there's been like three single songs in a row mentioning crucifixion <laughs> like what's happening <laughs> and there's a theme also of the audio samples on the album oh god Man, are we going to get into that? <laughs> they all bring up different, like, criticisms of religion in different, um, in different forms. Oh, it was so spicy. Like, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. And when yeah. we get to the last one, oof. That was the gut punch, but... <laughs> Starting out with the Order of Spiritual Virgins. Oh, my Lord. We got this wavering, monotone hum that starts drone yeah and just like pretty simple piano and then we get this wailing warning opening verse it says hide your children hide your husbands hide your children hide your husbands i am relentless i am, I am incessant. incessant i am the ocean and who all dare look upon me 
swear eternal devotion. devotion. The way that yeah, you fucking I, said I it, can't deliver it like a fucking the way it is on the album. It straight up sounds like a goddess, like slowly turning her gaze to you, and you're seeing like this huge face, and then like you're having that moment of like. <gasps> I love you, I do whatever. Like, you can hear it in her voice. Like, the power of her voice, like, illuminating, like, that image of this woman so beautiful that, like, all fall down and weep. And it's, like, it's not even taken as, like, a brag. It's just, like, this is what her life is, you know? Like... And as the song goes, the vocals get more pained, strained. They're cracking. Right when it feels like it's gonna explode... It does, <laughs> with oh. just these loud, clanging piano cymbals. <laughs> oh man! Bass hits. This it's just fucking... in your fucking face. And and the thing about it is, it's like, yeah, like I said, it goes from because uh, like it hits the middle part where you hear this, you know, insane next level Gregorian chant, and you hear this. Yeah. Almost Egyptian sounding bending piano chords kind of playing in the mm. middle as you're hearing the like hissing drone in the synth and I think in like a cello or something like that. And um, you know, then all of a sudden, yeah, you hear the ring. And it's like the thing is, the drone that's happening is so like weirdly like hypnotizing. Like you want it to continue. Yeah. It's so weirdly soothing and enchanting. And so like you're like really wanting it to continue. And so every time you hear that, like you fucking dread it, you know, like you're just like the first time it happens, you're like, Oh my God. It's so shocking. Yeah. yeah. And, and so then when it like, you know, it's not like the first time it repeats is the most like, it hits you two times really that hard when you know, it's going to keep happening, you know, where you're just like, <laughs> it's like, no, Ugh. please stop. <laughs> and this is where, um, we get the first, a uh, vocal sample, and it's um, a contestant on a History Channel reality show, a uh, survival reality show. I love it. Uh, called Alone, and he's talking about hearing certain music reminds him of his mother that passed. In the dead silence, you can hear your departed mother sing a hymn in church from 30 years ago. That's what you get out of the silence. And then he's just humming... And it's just so, so sad. <laughs> it's like haunting. Yeah, because it's one of those things where it feels like it's just like freeform, just sort of talking at a certain point because you're trying to get catch what he's saying and where it's going. And it's just so in the mix of what's happening in the music. And you're just like, what in the hell? Like, I thought it was from some sort of horror, uh, you know, uh, another History Channel show where it's just like, you know, ooh, uh, ghost that I saw one time because when it was dark, uh, you know. And, That's and my favorite, ghosts I saw that one time when it was dark. And then it was a windy night, and the wind... <laughs> Only tangentially related, because you said, because we're talking about reality shows. I wanted to bring this up, and I, I don't want to take too much time away from the album review, but I got to thinking, Todrick Hall is on this season of Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, oh. So he's uh, in the Big Brother house right now, right? Oh, man. That's not a great place in terms of celebrities being with in the grand scope of their careers. No, and this is the thing. He's in the house with, like, Chris Kattan oh, and shit. Oh, oh no. <laughs> we just saw Todrick was doing TikTok ads for the new flip phone right and in the newest just dance you ever see gameplay footage of just dance oh, with the sure. bottom of the screen there's like cartoon people yeah, dancing doing and you follow them sure. with, with todrick's song he's in it oh uh. 
you see him. He's dancing. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, why would you, as someone who is clearly on the upward trajectory, <laughs> be put into the Big Brother house where now everybody on Twitter is criticizing you when you're trying to win this reality show and you're actively turning away potential listeners of your music that you that you're probably still working on it seems like such a career sabotage i don't understand why you would do that but anyway <laughs> getting back to the album because if you thought the first track was good goddamn like strap in th- this fucking album has so many surprises for you this whole fucking part gather up my quiet hammer and nail him down use all of your heavenly means your golden scythe your holy sword your fiery arrows studded with stars i don't give a fuck just kill him you have to i'm, I'm not, not asking. asking oh the way she fucking says like oh. take hold of my gentle axe and split him open like it sounds like oh. her voice is splitting as she goddamn says it like it's so insane i've never heard a delivery more powerful than i have on this this is by far the most like emotional gut-wrenching delivery i've heard on an album we've t- we've listened to for the show you feel every bit of her fucking anger and rage it comes across so fucking well and the instrumentals are usually so sparse but they fit so well it's usually just like at the bass level you got like a piano a bowed banjo so you got a banjo being played like a fucking like fiddle there's a fucking track later i forget which one it is melodica being played and uh castanets just kind of clicking in the background it's um man is like a spring flower there's just this weird little instrumental break and it's so like you hear all these different like like colorful instruments that you haven't heard up to this point they're just like whoa like in um many hands there's a part towards the end where you just hear wood sticks just being like rattling and to me it sounded like skittering bugs it was so like listening to that song it's the the beat sounded like a bunch of sharp serrated objects and like coiled you know coils with like you know the sharp edges on each side you know when those metal coils and they have like the sharp edges like it felt like that was springing around in a room of a bunch of sharp serrated objects you know what i mean like that's what this beat sounded like we're we're just like you're just hearing this coil flailing around and water pouring at one point like it's so weird and trippy as you're saying the lyrics about like the lord spat and held me by my neck i would die for you i would die for you he wept like, oh my lord. And oh, I just want to go back to the um the Who Bends the Tall Grass just to point out, like, because originally I'm listening to it, like, I didn't know what the song was about, you know, just hearing it. And like in the real time, I, it sounded like what it sounded like to me was it sounded like a like a man in the crowd, uh, you know, during Jesus's trial or what have you, you know, like, mm. you know, begging for Jesus's death, you know, one of the people in the crowd going like, fuck him, like, you know, like showing that crowd yeah. you know, mentality, you know, but then like someone pointed out like, oh, it's actually about like an abusive relationship and wishing that yeah. God would like do something to get this person, you know, like, and I was like, holy shit, like, and the fact that like both, like the lyric fits in both like interpretations is so fucking masterful, you know? 
something that Lingua brought up in the Fantano interview that really makes a listen like this so much more interesting is that goal one for her is to have her music be um, ambiguous. You could take it either way, and that's cool. Like, it's not supposed to be taken any one way. It's going to be impossible to now talk about uh, Repent Now, Confess Now without the discussion of the assault. The lines about, um, he took my legs. The track mentions Hater's spinal surgery, which he underwent after severe spinal trauma. This one is the most direct references to the assault. And by this point, you're already like, I mean... I'm hanging on every fucking word, like, get it all out. I don't even know what there really is to be said about this album too much. It's like, I think it's it's an album that really does speak for itself in a lot of ways. Something we can comment on with the Sacred Liniment of Judgment. The Jimmy Swagger sample at the end, where this piece of shit is just begging for forgiveness. Like, I was like, so what was it What was it for? Like, what did he do? What did he get caught for? Like, what did this bastard do? You know, and I looked and I was like, losing his international TV ministry after encounters with prostitutes in his uh, cut into his audience. Nowadays, like, I guess if there was like a cooler enough for you, maybe we could break the stigma. You know, where it's just like, this person is a sex worker. It shouldn't matter. You know, these are two consenting adults. At least he's not a fucking 13 year old. <laughs> It's the fact that he was cheating on his wife. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that's the that thing that like, really matters. Yeah, because what it becomes at the end of the day, if, like, he, you're a if holy he wasn't man. married, it probably wouldn't have mattered that's as much. Really, the thing, yeah, <laughs> it's like you're supposed to be this man of God who's pious, but like, look at you, yeah, like, and you did it twice, which means you know you did it more than twice. <laughs> that's just when you got caught. <laughs> and we get it again on um, "Man as a Spring Flower" that I mentioned earlier. In this one, it's an interview with a sex worker giving their account of an experience with Jimmy Swagger. And just like, he's just a man. The heart of man is an orchid. The heart of man is, is the open gulch itself. The heart of man is the seventh gate of hell. The heart of man is the crushed horse's tail. These might just sound like lyrics to you folks at home, but hearing them <laughs> being delivered Bilingua is a totally different Power in her experience. Voice. You undersold exactly what was happening in that clip. Uh, specifically, the woman is saying, is talking, commenting on, because she's being interviewed and commenting on Jimmy Swaggart and calling out his phoniness, you know, and going like, oh, he's up there crying and I know his tears aren't real. And the woman's like, well, how do you know? It's like, they just can't be. I mean, because he was up there preaching about all this stuff. And then turned out, you know, and, and, and you know, the woman interrupts and is like, couldn't his tears of repentance be real? And she says, well, maybe. And it's like, uh, and the lady says, what? And it's like, well, to me, I don't really think so because, you know, you watch him on TV. I mean, I don't really watch him, but some of the things I've seen. And he's totally a different person. Like, you know, that's the real person that, that he was when I saw him just being, you know, the person like, you know, being a hound dog for sex. You know what I'm saying? And it's one of those things that's like, oh, you know. Like, I'm not saying you can't be, like, possibly a man of God or, or whatever, what have you. But it's like, this man in particular, like, this is an act. This is a fucking, you know what I'm saying? A swindle. Like, y you can clearly tell. And it's like, when I say, like, the people who, it's the same thing with those white supremacists. Uh, they read this book and, and, and this made someone into a white supremacist and it made them want to, like, kill a whole bunch of people. But then when you kind of look into it, it's like, oh, that person already had, like, kind of, you know, uh, seedy views about, like, Jewish people and this, that, and third beforehand. And this book, like, verified how they had already felt. 
You know what I'm saying? And so it said like, uh, you know, and so it's like it found its audience. And so it's like, if you don't believe like that bullshit, you'd read that book and be like, oh, why does this guy like thinking like this? But it's like, if you already wanted to believe it, then it's just like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they are. But we do have to do whatever. It is. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like him amongst this congregation, they want to believe, you know, like they're basically, you know, the YouTube audience for whoever puts out their, you know, YouTube apology video now, you know, what's it? What, who's your boy, Gus Johnson, just recently, who is like, oh, oh God. Uh, I, Did I, he actually I, put out a video? Yes. And uh, oh, somebody, I, mm, I'm not watching that yeah, shit. Somebody did it. I, I couldn't watch it myself. I had to watch someone like talking about it. And oh yeah, no, and they were just breaking it down. It's just like it's one of those things. It's like look. I'm not saying someone can't apologize for something, but you can tell when someone honestly means it and someone's being, you know, disingenuous or not because they, like, really purposely leave out certain details to try to, like, make them look in the best light. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to point out this quote about um, A Man is a Spring Flower, the track we we're talking about here. Uh, this is a quote that says, uh, again, it starts off with this uh, polyphony, which is just me, but it's so grating and abrasive that every time I listen to the song, I start laughing because I think it sounds so gross. We brought in this really, really good banjo player and had him do this compositional technique called uh, phasing, which affects the rhythm of the song. Mm. Um, and I just did the most miserable vocal I could muster. That's so fascinating. I mean, like the you fucking nailed you it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, cause there's times if you were going for miserable. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, you know, she sings very well, and so you hear, like, all of these lush, beautiful harmonies, but then it'll, like, cut into this dark dissonance, and it's just like, oh, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Speaking of that, the very end of the song, mm. where it just gets louder. Oh, my God, and I had to turn it down. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it just, it's clipping. It's getting muddled. It's so loud. And then it just cuts off so abrupt. And the very next thing you hear... Very low in is the this mix, interview. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> With a CNN reporter and this woman who is in a car or she's going to church. And the interviewer is, is going like, hey, you know, you're going to church and it's like we're in the middle of a pandemic. And she's just insisting that she will not catch COVID. I've been in Because she's covered in, the, yeah. she's covered in the blood of Jesus. And it is so like... <sighs> And the rest of the song isn't any better. It's uh, such... Uh, this is the sourest note you could have ended the album on. Just this. No longer shall I wander. Ugliness is my home. Loneliness, my master. I bow to him alone. I bow to him alone. No. Oh. Mm. oh, my Aww. lord. Guess the album's just gonna end on that, huh? Around the time of this pandemic, you know, I used to kind of do a bit of the side hustle of like, you know, singing at churches and stuff like that, you know, trying to get a little oh. cash. You know what I'm saying? Well, when this I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, you know, went to music school, you know, I went to, I went to singing school, you know, <laughs> got my fucking singing degree, you know. I studied at Harvard. I walked Bob Dylan up on stage at Woodstock. Who are you? <laughs> but when this pandemic hit, like, you know, seeing all of those churches, just trying to carry on tradition as usual. You know, it's like, oh, no, no, it's no big deal. Everything's fine. You know, like, not even trying to, like, fucking, you know, just accept, like, just to change. Like, it don't even need to be political. Just acknowledge there's something's fucking happening. You know what I'm saying? But y y you know they fucking are in the back pockets and get fucking brainwashed by these fucking, you know, Republican people who don't give a fuck about them. Just want to, you know, 
uh, I'm just talking about like the, the individual people who are fooled into this shit, but the fucking preachers who know what the fuck they're doing. It's like, fuck y'all, you know? Um, but yeah, like these breakout and, and yeah. And I specifically remember, cause it was, I think it was in Maryland. There was a specific breakout that had happened in the church and like officially had to be like, shut this down for now. Like, because yeah, people were still getting fucking sick and, and, and it's so insane like, you know, and hearing this quote, this is from like at the beginning of the pandemic, right? That idea of, no, I've been watching the lamb. No, I'm one of God's anointed, so it can't happen to me. No, 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 I'm on the right team. I'm on the God team, so it can't happen to me. And then just so like, that's so like being thrown in their face, you know what I mean? Like, oh man, I wish I was just a fucking fly on the wall, these people. Just like, you know, to be like, oh my God, will you just listen? And first of all, it doesn't even have to be invalidating of your religion. Just goddamn listen to facts sometimes. This is obviously a five for me. <laughs> this is this falls under the category of um, not an everyday listen. Right. It's it. I can't this in is good faith. Required reading for you for the the thousand years uh, later school that is trying to show you about the cool uh, cool ass music of twenty twenty one and how awesome it was. And of course, they're only showing you the best parts. You know, like that's what this is. Yeah. <laughs> and like. I can't in good faith give it like, oh, yes, I recommend you listen to this right now because this is a very, very pained experience. But it is a very, very powerful experience and one that I was gripped by and it held my attention very firmly. I go to five as well. Yeah. Super powerful. Uh, if you are in the right mood for something like this, or if you're just interested, like, wow, you guys really putting this over big. Yeah, I mean, as long as you know, it's not going to be a fucking enjoyable listen. Like, it's going to be a bummer. Mm -hmm. But musically, absolutely, fucking literally, this is a an incredible album. We got to switch gears. Oh boy, uh, over... the biggest gear switch you could fucking make. <laughs> oh my god, we're talking bigger gears than the gears that Charlie Chaplin fell in. <laughs> Jurassic 5 Power in Numbers from 2002. We previously reviewed uh, Quality Control. That's true, because I remember, yeah, reviewing that one and being like, oh, damn, this this is the one that doesn't have, uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, you know, hold it on to what's going. The song that they would always play, I remember this in the mid-2000s, whenever there was like a VH1 hip-hop adjacent thing, they would always play this song during the credits, and, you know, you'd... Yeah, you know how you show the credits of one thing, you know, on one small side over thing over here, and then you see like the little video up at the top corner, and you see, and you see like the golden records going down, and then you see like here's what's next that we're gonna like really shove in your face because we're trying to save time on ad space, you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like oh my god, I remember hearing the song so fucking much and seeing this goddamn video, and they're one of those groups like um, in the same vein of like, you know. <sighs> I feel like it's an insult to say Black Eyed Peas, but you know what I mean as soon as I say it. Like, yeah, where it's just like, oh, like, you know, underground, but, you know, kind of like a softer-edged underground, you know, like... The the lesser threatening conscious... Yeah, we're in the jazz you know, clubs and on the West Coast, you know what I'm saying, you know. It's interesting, right? Like, this definitely isn't... It's, it's way less militant, but there is a song later that says, uh, what was it? Like, put down your signs, pick up the guns, yeah. like, oh shit, okay, <laughs> guess not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely, while there is definitely that uh, yeah, more political strain, like, a lot of it is, like, more feeling like that, you know, 
early 2000s. Hey, backpack rap. What's the coolest thing is the old school James Brown samples and stuff, you know? So let's let's <sighs> just have let's just have a bunch of Pete Rock instrumentation for a whole album. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, something you had said during our quality control review. Quality control, very interesting. Uh, was you you quoted the um they're bringing it back to the old school. The old fools. Old fools. <laughs> who are not so cool, you said. <laughs> I'm curious if your opinion of the boys changed from that album to this, the follow-up, which is apparently part of the, like, the thousand albums you must hear before you die list. Is that a fact? It is, Yes. It's cool. Like, I, I definitely get a right? <laughs> more lyrical Black Eyed Peas vibe. Like, definitely not as poppy, but like, and I mean the cool version, you know, people who know, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was a time where they were like, a, oh, hey, here's this light thing that maybe may not get the, you know, most popularity, but it's cool that this is like existing in like a positive, fun vibe and might not be the most lyrical cast, but like, they kind of bring a chill energy. This is like that, but way more lyrical, but not that impressive, impressive. But definitely more lyrical, you know. Like, in fact, like, uh, I mean, the one guy. Well, I, actually, I thought Soup was pretty good. But Charlie Tuna is just like such the fucking standout. Like, it's literally like the inverse of the Wu Tang Clan. There's like uh, six oh, more yeah. fucking dudes, and the dude with the deepest voice is actually the most interesting one, as opposed to, you know, how it is with the Wu Tang Clan, where, uh, yeah, you know, you got his. I mean, he's he's got his own thing, but he's definitely not the one you go to first, you know. On the discography thing, you know, but like with Charlie Tune after at the end of this album, I was just like, I want to hear more of the verbal Herman Munster. God damn it! <laughs> this is the exact same thing you said during the quality control. Was that <laughs> Charlie Tuna was your go-to? He took a while to warm up to me, but I think that's they're the PG thirteen black eyed peas. You know what I mean? Like that's what. <laughs> It definitely is that more, like, chubby, silly, like, fun, like, ooh, you know, vibe to it, right, you know? The first track I thought that really grabbed my attention was A Day at the Races featuring Percy P and Big Daddy Kane. Big Daddy Kane, man. When another deadly melody, camera, action, yo, we heavy, aim steady, slash machete, Maserati, engine ready, good and plenty, don't be petty, count the fetty, and we jetty, off to another city where we do our nitty gritty. Whoa. (laughs) When these guys have room and time, I think they have some really good verses. Absolutely. There are way too many songs on this album. Yeah. Where each guy gets like four bars onto the next guy. Yeah. And that doesn't give you enough time to really get anything across. And they don't and work if together you're like, as tightly, yeah, as you would... Yeah, yeah like, so there are some times where they're, where they're, like, building off each other's shit, mm-hmm. and that works okay, but, like, on the first track, they don't really get anything substantial across because... They're they're all trying to get these different mini ideas. Yeah, I noticed across. that. And of course, Charlie Tuna had the best one uh, with the um, you know uh, the devil's gavel as a couple fooled. My culture screwed because this word is misconstrued. Small countries exempt from food because leaders have different views. You choose, you know, like sort of bringing up the like, hey, you know, yeah, people don't get to have this just because the people in power just decided they don't get to have it. You know, like they don't count as human. You know, like. It's like, oh shit, yeah, that's a hell of a way to start off the goddamn album, that's for sure. 
it was ironic on if you if you only knew because I didn't think this song was nearly as strong as the first no, one. Oh no, no, no. These verses uh were not hitting. And I said it's ironic how corny they came off on this song despite saying specifically in this song that they were not a corny crew. Yeah, it's so funny. They came off like quite the corny crew. And, and like at first, like you know, and it's okay to be like you know lighthearted. You know what I'm saying? But like, yes, there were some Beastie Boys were lighthearted. Yeah, cunning linguists are lighthearted. You know what oh, I'm yeah, saying? Oh like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but there's like some tracks where you ugly get, duckling. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's some. God damn you! This. <laughs> <laughs> but there was uh, so Kyle for God's sakes, you know. Um, but, you know, there were some parts on this album where you could totally tell, like, the softer, you know, image got to them and they tried to do a little bit, try to be a little more hardcore, you know what I'm saying? And it just oh, felt like yeah. they just went a little, they just dove too far in. I was like, what the fuck? You know, like, oh, this line, oh my God, this song in particular, holy God, we hit the homophobic mark, like, oh, with that buzzer okay. way early, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I was like, and like, the way it hit me was just like, oh my God, come on. I'm confused by this and I don't know what the fuck this is even supposed to mean. Right? Like, it's like, like huh? This didn't even, this didn't even hit me as a queer person. Like, you can't whoa, fuck these guys. Just trying to figure out what they're I saying. I was seriously just like, what? <laughs> I, 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 I fucking rewound this back. <laughs> oh, that's a, like, bad, okay. that's a bad, that's a bad. Your game of charades, the way you behave, the image you save, your brother's, you, your brother, that's one big parade. I'm sick of your ways. I'm sitting here spitting the phrase the next time they smile and wave will probably be with the gaze wow if you didn't say the gaze it probably wouldn't have even struck me as necessarily negative but the way you said the gaze yeah, <laughs> it's 2002 and, and obviously and you're it, saying the gaze and obviously in reference to like a parade you know that he's yeah right so it's just like oh what i was just movie? like I was like, okay, you're on notice. <laughs> you are officially on notice. No doubt. I, I sure hope y'all don't fuck up again, but worse later. Uh, the foreshadowing. I'd be, I'd be really disappointed if that were to happen. <laughs> Knowing um, we looks at the camera in a, in a fit mm -hmm. of dramatic irony. See you, fourth wall. Next, we got a uh, break. It's very catchy, not very memorable. Yeah. Cut. There's a few of those. Yeah, like, the, um. I thought they went fluidly in between each other's verses. Like, I thought this one worked the best, you know, with them doing that. Uh, I think Charlie Tuna, of course, had the best part. And, like, the residual flow from his part sounded really good. But whenever it would just be them, it wouldn't be as cool. You know, like... Remember his name. We gotta talk about this one, right? Ooh. So... I like the concept of this, okay? Oh, you mean the song? I, I thought you were saying, now remember his name. I was like, remember whose name? Oh, man, this song. And I so, I fucking forgot what the concept was. And even just saying it now, it made me kind of like, I still had to have that second of, wait, what was the song I'm supposed to be about again? <laughs> the first note I have is right after the song finished, I have written down, what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so, so it's, it's one dude calling up another guy and being like, this shit's going down over here. And there's this guy there, but 
Oh, fuck. I, oh, I forget his name. Yeah, and, and, and I kind of liked how they kind of like had him messing up like at first and you can't hear like like he's on the phone and, so, and you hear the beat starting so you're kind of like, wait, is the verse starting right now? Is it happening? Like, are we this? going? Yeah, yeah. And so it kind of has it delayed. I thought that was pretty cool. You know. So you get this conversational back and forth between the guys as they're doing this whole fucking Budweiser was that kind of call. <laughs> but then at the very end, because they're talking about like all these different instances, like, oh, this fucking thing went down here. And oh, I remember there was this other incident that happened here. But oh, there was always this guy that was there and all these different incidences. And I just can't. Oh, fuck me. For the life of me, I can't. Wait, no. You know what? I got it. It's death. death. Oh, and then the music switches and slows down like, oh, snap, what? Like, it was death. Okay. <laughs> that looks like it turns out the, the, the evil creature that the scientists had created was man. Like, you know what? Oh. This fucking Twilight Zone light song fucking concept. And fucking genius tried to equate the the big which again i wasn't a big fan of that one either what common yeah uh, <laughs> oh in, in case you haven't noticed by now <laughs> i'm talking about hip-hop like, yeah i got it <laughs> i fucking got it but this yeah. one's the complete opposite i you, i didn't I, get I was it. just so bewildered i was, like, I was so oh, confused <laughs> wait there was a guy that was like like I thought they were, I thought they were trying to do it like a fucking, you know, uh, Stephen Wright and half baked thing. It was like, hey, there's a guy who just hung out in our, you know, hang out, hung out in our yeah. closet and just like crashed out. Who was that guy? <laughs> Turns out he was death. <laughs> I'm like what? It was death, death, death. Uh, I was like huh? I didn't think it was that deep. Like they mentioned it. Uh, like uh, of course Charlie Tuna has the best verse, and he like talks about some sort of like action happening. And at that point, it kind of felt like, oh, is this something? Wait, what's happening there? Like, huh? But like everything else, kind of felt like. Relatively mundane situations. Any any other conclusion would have been more interesting than that. I'm sorry, but I wasn't feeling what's golden. Oh, hater McHating then. <laughs> this fucking whack chorus. We're not balling. Uh, We're taking it back uh, to the days of yes, y'all and oh, and I hate to do it. I had to rewind this part too. The well, it's the verbal Herman monster, <laughs> the word enhancer, sick of phony mobsters controlling the dance floor. I was like, what <laughs> rhyme scheme are you yeah. on right now, Charlie? <laughs> Up until later when they actually get longer verses, that really is the key for enjoying these guys is when they have time to actually like build up momentum. Most of his stuff for me was like kind of bumpy and like, not really. Besides the fact that he sounded so, like, commanding in his, like, deep voice delivery, nothing else really set him apart. Yeah, like, anytime he's on a hook, it's, like, his hook now, like... Yeah, <laughs> he's so this prominent. is mine now. Yeah, it really just seems like it's him and the game. Because <laughs> the rest of them... Man, I can't tell you who's who, man. I really can't. <laughs> a Zakar from a Mark Seven from a... Uh, Akil from a... Wait a second, dude. No. A fucking Akil should be the standout. Have you heard the fucking, uh, co the conspiracy about him? What? The conspiracy is that he is, uh, actually Tupac. Get the fuck out of here. What? 
No. Nothing <laughs> lyrically that was said on this album was at any level with fucking Tupac. <laughs> there are YouTube videos about the conspiracy theory that, yeah, honestly, just because he kind of looks like him. What? Let me watch the What's Golden video. Hold on. Oh, okay, okay. That would be so funny. If I just watched this video and I just went like, that is too fun. <laughs> like, the one thing I do actually really like is, like, how it kind of plays with the time when you're listening to it. You know, like, it doesn't really, like, start on the one. It kind of, like, does this thing where it's, like, the first beat kind of goes back. You're one. So it, like, kind of throws you off as to where, like, the one is, you know, because it's so unaccented. I think that's really cool about this beat. Uh, so it's, like, even though it's, like, oh, this is a hip-hop beat, like, it's actually feeling weirdly kind of, like, experimental. Oh, this motherfucker doesn't look like Tupac in it. <laughs> if, if you go to Google image search and type in um, Akil rap or Akil and Tupac, it brings up some side-by-side -side pictures, and even these aren't convincing. <laughs> like, I don't know where... Yeah, facial reconstructive surgery. Uh... Yeah, where are people getting this? I don't, I don't see it. We gotta go to another, in my opinion, baffling track. Uh, Thin Line featuring your girl N Nelly Furtado. Wow, wow. <laughs> How random. Like, I saw that name and I was like, Nelly for Nelly Furtado Furtado? Like, are you sure it's not like someone with like a different name? They just misspelled it and they just like, like, this so gives the game away. It's like, I feel like, like, was this supposed to be like, you know, the underground group that's not really underground, like sort of AstroTurf sort of thing. Like, cause that's what I get when I see featuring Nelly Furtado, you know, like of all the, cause she is the most of that time sort of like, oh, I know it. she's not really got the, like that indie sound. She doesn't really have that spirit, but it's a nice sort of sound with some of these songs, isn't it? Let's have a good time before she totally sells out when the shit isn't as lucrative by the third album. Definitely the most 2003 feature you could get no doubt and Nelly i thought she was okay on yeah, this I, when um, she does come in like halfway through the song yeah that's the thing um she gets like to she sing on the chorus center yeah like what the hell but even yeah she's still in the background because the guys are still rapping over at her first i doubted it i was like no nah. <laughs> i was like that's not nelly Furtado. what's going hey, on here i don't hear and, on the hook yeah and then finally she gets her own uh solo verse it's like Oh, okay. It's so, here's the hook, just sing this part. Like, oh my God. It, it, there's so many times that you can like, you can hear the people trying to write the song through. Yeah. The, like, them like, listen to this delivery. It's so fucking bad. It feels so unfinished. Uh, we've been friends for a long time. A very close friend of mine. Love you like you was mine, but respect the thin line. I love you like you was mine, but think about you all the time. Very close, but friend, but respect the thin line. Like the way it's so, <laughs> it's so herky jerky. It's so just like, yeah. oh, you needed to get the flow of this right. Like I can hear how this could have worked, but it's so like, let's just get this first take and we'll come back to it later. I was expecting Karis one before Nelly Furtado forgot. Yeah. <laughs> we already got Big Daddy Kane. Jeez. Yeah, and then after school special. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. What? Um, what is? What was that about? You guys working on a new album? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just the fucking like. I just pictured dudes looking up and just being like, <laughs> like they're in the middle of work and you just see a bunch of heads like looking up, like, huh? I'm like, yeah. Like a bunch of heads with caps on. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. You can specifically look up like the bills coming up as they look over, like, what? <laughs> can I be on the new album? 
Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> and then from there... Some scrub walked into the studio. <laughs> I have written down here, Charlie's verse has me scratching my head. Yo, the masked men who suppress pain like aspirin, giraffe men, and are, are the best trained assassin. Your class pins get thrown in the trash bins. You leeches and you has-bins get your teeth smashed in. Hot as you keep a furnace, we keep it earnest. Poems puncture your epidermis and swell up enormous. Smoother than candles or flannel pajamas. We rage, we raid the city on camels and dismantle informers, the omen. I'm like... What are you talking about? First of all, I just want to say, like, rhyming enormous with pajamas. Like, it's like... <laughs> like and, and right after you rhymed enormous with epidermis, I'm like, oh, you were going somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right. You like, had that, me. That's the problem with these rhymes. It is that rhyming where it's just like, I used a big word, though, so it doesn't matter that, like, half of the syllables didn't really fit. Yeah, like... And honestly, like, aspirin, assassin, trash bins, dude, those dude, are that was actually pretty dope. Yeah, like, I don't know what he's actually talking about, but, like, it's still a good flow. Like, yeah. And, and furnace and earnest, that's dope. But yeah. then you go, but then you go from, yeah, epidermis, enormous, pajamas. <laughs> yeah, and then Zoro with the oral editorial, the moral of the story, I'm professional. It's like, uh, <laughs> like, like, yes, editorial uh, and professional, right? Like, yeah, but... Come on, you gotta hear, hear how that sounded a little wonky. Like, and this one was a song that was over before I felt like it even started. Yeah, it didn't begin. Like, I didn't even know what the concept was supposed to be. I was like, wait, it's called After School Special. Is this supposed to be? And then it just got it like, like fucking dust in the wind, just like blew by. And I was like, oh wait, was something supposed to happen? Like, it's like a fucking zephyr of a song. Like, it just. <laughs> yeah, um, for high fidelity, I actually have soup quoted. I'll tear a competitor, pluck them like chicken feathers. I'm better than ever, incredible poetic editor. Dead or be better, I bet you regardless the weather. Whenever with clever endeavors, when me and 7-Eleven rapping together. I was like, woo. This was another one that was like just, just three minutes. The last track, the very last track, which is just like an instrumental with vocal samples. Yeah, what the hell? And it goes on for like almost seven minutes. Um, I'm sitting there like, this production's really good. I wish more beats on the album sounded like this. Fucking Bomb Squad level production going on at the end here, and it's like... Way more interesting than just like your old school shit. Yes, some of the songs... Oh my god, that was a thing. One or two of these songs, I specifically remember having the moment of like listening to the mix and being like, there's not even a bass line happening for most of this beat. Like, it would just be like, the, uh, like a trumpet and the drum beat, and it's just like maybe like a bass hit every now and then it was just like this feels so empty this feels so like hollow like just going for look it's old school because we did you know the trumpet sound and it's just like okay but come on fill it out like what was that like oh i remember specifically having that feeling on high fidelity where it was like it was okay and like it was lyrical but it like it didn't really end like in a really way that was like dope dope you know like it, it ends like it goes like you know some pretty good multis, right? Style poor and we explore and you ignore and I'm the foreman, longshoreman and I'm sure when you tore and that you're whack and you boring and then blah, like trumpet blast at the end. And I was just like, I mean, it was certainly adequate, but that's not like a, bah! that's not like a, you know, <laughs> that wasn't like a, uh, like. Some of us is the first time I have written down the fucking Charlie fucking killed it. Oh Lord, incredible. But this track overall, like, this might be the best song on the album. Uh, and he comes back twice, too, doesn't he? Yeah. 
it's overall like everybody has a good showing here. I love I like the chorus on it too. No complaints on this one. I don't have anything quoted from it, unfortunately. Yeah, I think this is, this is the best one. Uh, what he says uh, in the second verse with Charlie Tuna says, Yo, I'm telling you to rebel, uh, but dude, if you stale, the, the tuna can tell. Either you come into the party or you truin' as hell. Politicians ain't got no problem putting you in the cell. It's like we rolled up in the snowball and threw in the hell. See, some of us is looted with mail and suited to swell, but still blind like you flew in in braille. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's so fucking nice with it. And then this next track, yeah, there's a bunch of skits on here. And then Cool Keith comes up with a, I'm going to say this, strangely coherent verse. <laughs> like, it sounded too much like the last song. Yeah, it, it was like a thing where I was like, what's going on? Like, it's from some freestyle I think he did in like 1991 or something like that. So it has got me wondering, like, what is it doing here? Like, what is going on? Yeah, it's a 42 second acapella interlude. That's that's how you got Cool Keith. Like, what? Can you even really say it? It's like, oh yeah, we got Cool Keith on the like, album. It literally feels like the ultimate thing of look, underground rapper, you know, from the old school, and we got that. That means we're respected rappers now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just I don't. Like, why is he here? Did he? Did he? Maybe did he put these guys on? That doesn't seem right, though. Like. Mm. You know, that doesn't seem like that tracks like Cool Keith put on Jurassic 5. That didn't that didn't feel right, you know? That, that didn't feel like that shakes out in the story. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it just felt like out of nowhere. It was just like, like, all right, if like Easy e was like, you know, had a had a like vocal track or an extra skit where he's rapping on a Bone Thugs and Harmony song. You know, like that makes sense, you know what I mean? But it's just like, where is this coming from? What does Cool, cool, cool Keith have in connection with these guys? Like what's the difference between this guy rapping on here and fucking Dana Dane rapping on this track? You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's someone from the... Oh, fucking Kwame with them fucking polka dots. Oh, that's from the old school? Let's get him on here. Uh, uh, Tic-Tac-Toe, whoever did that song, Kuiper or whatever the fuck. Oh, look, it's from the old school. Let's get him on here. The dude who did the fucking, um... I'm a squirrel trying to get a nut to move your butt. Oh, you can do a do duet with the with the verbal Herman Munster on here. Look, it's respectable just because it's old school. Just because it's from a rapper from 1991. You know, I mean, that's it, right? That's all, you just need rapper from the old school and now we're respected. Like, it just felt so out of the no nowhere, you know? like. But I, I guess they felt... That some of us was such a good song and they knew it that they decided to follow it up with a pointless interlude and the hands down worst song on the album. <laughs> oh, you one of them niggas. <laughs> oh my oh, lord. And this was God one of those songs where I, I thought I could have enjoyed. You know, this it, it kind of reminded me of that feeling of like D12's uh, uh, that's how people get fucked up. You know, like uh, like a sort of like after three lines, this is the thing that comes back, you know, like yeah, that kind of but it's so whack. And this no. is the trying to be hardcore and dipping once more into the homophobia where it's just like, yeah. first of all, it's just not cool. But second of all, it's like, this ain't, this ain't even fucking you. Like, don't even, bro. Like, you like you know, it's not cool when DMX does it either, right? But like, you were just like, you are so, like, this is like if fucking, you know, the nerd, you know what I'm saying, tried to come in and it's like, I, you know, I, I'm doing my cool thing and then it starts bobbing and then it's like, well, at least I'm homophobic, right? And I'm cool with you guys too, right? Because I'm against the gay people at least, am I right? You know, it's just like, uh, like, don't even, like, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where this came from, this track was very oh, regrettable trying to call out the soft rappers oh, <laughs> the God. verbal Herman Munster wants to call out <laughs> the soft rappers hey is uh 
fun enough. Hey track. is a dope ass track. Hey is a track that I could be like, oh, if I went to a you know cool ass you know respectable party in DC, where we were playing some old school <laughs> hip hop, and you know it, it's it, you know uh, hey uh, late twenties and older crowd for this time, uh. you know, and we're playing a little cool hip hop, little little tribe called Quest, a little bit of you know what I'm saying, getting in your eardrums with a little mellow Jurassic Five playing hey, you know like. Oh my, and I love the part with the 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 way it's so lazily done. Just the oh, hey, hey, yeah. yeah, I like that. I I wanted there to be a third one every time, just so it could be like the hey, <laughs> hey. Hey, like even later <laughs> than the second, you know what I mean? Because like the way they're singing is already kind of off the beat, and it's so fun to hear it. Like hey, hey, yeah, it's so fun. Um, overall, I walked away with a three and a half. Yeah, me too. Same here. Three and a half. They have spots and moments of like really good parts, but it never amalgamates to something to write home about, you know, at the end of the day. That's what sucks. Like the potential of the fact that you hear that they're obviously good, but they're never able to make like songs in a row where it's just unfettered quality. You know what I mean? Like there's always just so much of like, huh? What? What? Uh, what was, uh, that's hot. You know, a little herky jerky and this and the third. Like the best example is that part that uh, I met you for a long time, a really good friend of mine, with a friend of mine, a reads back to the end line. Like it's just so like, come on, you know that doesn't sound good. Like I feel like if you were having a conversation about like best hip hop like groups, and someone were to say, "What about Jurassic Five? Someone would go, "Oh yeah." Right, yeah. But you wouldn't, get like, actually consider them. Uh, like, oh, yeah. Like, I forgot about them. Yeah, you would be the, uh, you know, it would be that. It wouldn't be like the, oh, damn yeah. it, how did I forget? You know, it would be like the, I guess you could say, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, how, wait, how many groups are there? Like, you know? <laughs> there is some definite strengths, for sure. It's just, I don't know. There's too many dudes with kind of like mediocre bars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, way too many cooks for sure. Like it, it, it the Wu Tang Clan. This ain't like if you listen to the Wu Tang Clan, you you might not get everybody, but you can definitely tell the genius from Ghostface Killer from Old Dirty Bastard. You know, like that's three off the top where you'd be like, oh yeah, if I hear the genius rapping in the Dolph Web like this with the deeper voice, and then if I hear Ghostface Killer, welcome to and then I hear Old Dirty Bastard, like those. That's immediately three different people. You know, like. We, I just said, yeah, there's just too many guys. Too and many there's like cooks. five, six guys. I mean, yeah, there's just, only six. Like, Wu-Tang has way more. And I'm like, oh, shit, I guess that doesn't really work. Yeah, there's eight. Well, technically nine. Well, technically ten. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but that about does it for this week's episode of Going Off. If there is an album that you would like to request for us to review on the show, head on over to our Kofi. That is a ko-fi.com slash going off. That's G-O-I-N-O-F-F. Uh, you can follow us both on Twitter. We both have our own individual YouTube channels. Ooh, and I just opened my TikTok. Uh, I just made a TikTok account where I'm actually going to be uploading my uh, favorite clips from Rap Critic episodes. Uh, Rap Critic episodes paused. Because I'm just like, you know, I'm just like, ah, this is funny. I just want to clip this all together. 
<laughs> have it in, have my best bits in one place. <laughs> oh, and of course, uh, patreon.com slash rapcritic, where I'm still continuing my, uh, you know, trying to get the $1,500 goal. And now that I've done uh, filming the latest episode, I'm going to actually be uh, now taking some time to hang out with the fans, play some uh, video games, watch some movies. Uh, and, you know, you can join in on the fun. And, um, yeah, on the Patreon, patreon.com slash rapcritic, you get to see episodes early and exclusive episodes of my review a new podcast, like I said, and as well as the RC Patreon joining and talking with me and fellow fans about music and all that shit. Uh, get with it, act like you want it. <laughs> oh, yeah, and also request, uh, uh, you know, songs or album streams or, uh, 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 or movie reviews on my Kofi, my specific Kofi, kofi.com. Uh, slash rap critic. That's the one specifically for that. The album requests are specifically for Kofi, uh, for the going off Kofi, just to make that distinction. <laughs> and I mentioned the uh, the kids pop shit over on our fan house. That is fanhouse dot app slash riffcoms. I've been posting two kids pop song reaction videos daily, um, in an effort to having had listened to all almost nine hundred of them ultimately ranking which are the definitive best and definitive worst uh 10 or more of the entire discography that is two exclusive videos being posted every day so already there's over 100 videos on there that you can't see anywhere else and they're just gonna keep getting posted for the foreseeable future so get on there there's some really 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 bad ones (laughs) Uh, some surprisingly decent ones. You never know when those are going to come up. I, I just have a playlist of every single Kids Up song ever put out, and I just have it on shuffle, and I just hit play. And it's like, all right, that's what we're listening to today, and that's just it. And I just let it play. And you see my general, uh, genuine uh, first reaction first reactions to the song, and if it's good, it's good. And I'm going to be honest, you know. Uh, sometimes they're better than the originals, I dare say. It happens. So head on over to fanhouse.app slash riffcoms. Seeing is believing. If you are listening to us on Spotify, please give us a uh, star rating, preferably a five. Well, we'll be taking next week off, but we'll be back the week uh, after that, hopefully. And um, probably be back with more requests unless something stellar, surprisingly, drops. Who knows? I guess we'll have to wait and see. But until then, for Going Off, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic, and hey, you, listening to this podcast, I had 10,000 copies of this podcast made, and they're all perfect, except for your...